Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again. On Overtime Media. Mile high hello everybody in Broncos country and welcome into another episode of the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. I'm your host Lance Sanderson and joining me as per usual is my good friend and colleague. He is Mile High Huddle's senior NFL draft analyst, the one and only Eric Trickle. Dude, free agency has been wild. I mean, obviously the Broncos bringing in uh, Russell Wilson with the big trade there, DJ Jones, Randy Gregory. They brought in Billy Turner to help shore up the right tackle spot along with Tom Cobton there as well. Um, sounds like Calvin Anderson's going to get a good shot to go to go at that position there. Um, I, obviously, the Tyreek Hill news from the other day just dropping bombs all over the NFL world. Man, are you keeping up with the whirlwind, man? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Um, yeah, I'm keeping up with it best I can. Like, there's still a lot happening, and I I, I don't think Denver's done. I think we'll still see a couple moves. I don't think there'll be big, super expensive moves. I think that most of the cap room that they spilled that they've used or have left, they kind of want to save a little bit. But I don't think that they want to go into the draft needing like 20 plus rookies. I think they want to cut that number down. So seeing a couple guys signing for like minimums or just above minimums, I wouldn't be surprised if we do if we see that. And then doing good as well. Cause I mean, I just realized today that this is the 10th draft I've covered um for websites most of them i mean every single one i've been working underneath chad for um what five or six set maybe seven as part of mile high huddle before that predominantly orange before that a place called pro football spot and then a couple little bit of time before that working with um, pro football focus like how long i've been doing this like it just it just hit me as it's been a long time doesn't feel like it though so i'm excited i'm excited for, to talk about russell wilson Excited to, you know, talk about how Denver can still build out this team around them with these plenty of draft picks, even though they don't have a first or missing that early second that they had. Like, it's great to see that they still have plenty of versatility, they have plenty of options they can do, and it's great to uh, talk about. Yeah, it's it's actually kind of wild. I, I, I was wondering where all that gray hair came from. No, I'm just playing, man. Like it, 10 years, that's a hell of an accomplishment, man. Like there's not a lot of people that can say 10 years have been covering the draft, um, six, seven, eight years with Mile High Huddle. I mean, it's been uh, it's been a wild ride being able to follow your work and then to be able to join with you guys over the last three years. And you and I have been doing this podcast now for two and a half years. Like uh, just to, to think of how long that we've all been doing this together and the fact that I've looked up to you as, as far as a, a draft analyst for a long time. I mean, I've, I've taken a lot of big, big lessons from you. You've helped me out and helped me improve and stuff like that. Like, 
it, it's it's just an amazing and congratulations to you, dude. Like ten years, that's a that's an amazing accomplishment, and to and to stay relevant the entire time and doing it like that's uh, that, if, if, yeah, you're still pretty relevant, <laughs> dude. Like, come on, man. I know I know there's a lot of people that really respect your work, and uh, I know that uh, it, it's just getting started for you as far as a little bit bigger, but you've always been one of the guys that have been the prominent guys that at least I have followed and paid attention to. Now, for me, I've I've still got a long damn ways to go, but. Anyways, guys, today we're going to be talking about how the the Denver Broncos can continue to build around, obviously, bringing in Russell Wilson. They finally got that quarterback position shorn up. Um, still a couple of needs on this team. Obviously, slot cornerback, the right tackle, we've got to figure that out. Um, an, another nickel defensive back, whether it's a safety or another, even another cornerback. Um, you've got the center position. What's that going to play out like into your defensive line? Um, kick returner, punt returner. How is the wide receiver position going to shake out? There's a lot still that needs to come. We got a lot of questions that need to be answered. And then after that, if we have some time, we're going to talk to see about if uh, Russell Wilson is starting to decline a little bit. There's some hot takes rolling around Broncos country and especially coming out of Seattle about Russell Wilson being on the decline. But guys, you are watching the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. You guys can follow us on Twitter by finding me at Sanderson MHH and for Eric at Eric Trickle. Uh, also, guys, while you're at it on Twitter, follow at Mile High Huddle because that's where you're going to get your breaking news and uh breaking news and analysis on your Denver Broncos as Eric's trying to point to the right direction of where we're at on the screen here. Uh, but uh, anything regarding your Broncos, uh, any film breakdowns, opinion articles, all of our premium draft content, you're going to find it at Mile High Huddle. Uh, Facebook su- su- supporters go to uh, facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. That's the podcast account there. Um, you'll see anything regarding the Huddle Up podcast account, that the Dove Valley Deep Divers, Building the Broncos, anything, that's where you're going to find it. Um, guys, subscribe wherever you're watching this. Like every video you guys see, and if you love it, share it. Get it in front of as many Broncos fans as possible. Because without your guys' support, without our following, our great community here at the Mile High Huddle and Huddle Up Podcast, we couldn't do what we do best, which is cover your Denver Broncos. Now, with that, obviously the Broncos have been still relatively busy in free agency. They shined uh, Kawan Williams, formerly of San Francisco, um, the other day. They just brought in Billy Turner a couple days ago, which is a signing that I'm all right with. Like it's it's so it was last night okay uh so I'm I'm it's been a whirlwind man um I got a pretty bad phone call um before we came on so pardon me guys uh um lost a family friend but uh I'll stick through it with you guys anyways uh Kwan Williams the other day uh, Billy Turner last night kind of rounding out these holes but it doesn't actually provide you any answers because. I know Eric is not super huge on Billy Turner. He's just kind of an all right guy. I'm there with him. Um, Kwan Williams is a guy I really like, but still I'd like to see some more depth added to these positions. Now, Eric, specifically to the right tackle position and Billy Turner, what were your biggest takeaways from that? I mean, so so I got a lot of heat because I said he's not exactly the guy you want starting at right tackle, but the thing, fact of the matter is, is neither is Tom Compton and neither is um, Calvin Anderson. Mm-hmm. They're all fine players, and or Compton and Turner more so than Anderson. Anderson still has a little ways to grow, and got to see if he can actually work on the right side. His best plays consistently been on the left. Yeah, so it's a fine pickup. I like the pickup. A one-year deal, five million max value. Like it's a good value for him for somebody who's as versatile as Turner is that can play on either side of the line at the guard position, and then also offer up right tackle. I mean, that's a good piece to have at depth at the very least. Yeah. It's going to be part of a competition. And it's it's funny looking at it because 
Billy Turner last year was average in both run blocking and pass blocking. Then you have Tom Compton that was slightly below average as a pass blocker, but he was the second best run blocker at the tackle position last year behind his teammate in San Francisco. And then you have Calvin Anderson, who's a young growing guy. So it's a nice competition that you have there. They're all on one-year deals. They all are going to have a chance to go out there and compete for the starting job. And it's nice. And it's great to see. It's just that simple fact of, all right. I mean, they're not the ideal starting guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. Denver, I mean, George Payton, he really raised the floor of the room with that. And that's fine. That's something I actually like. Something I'm growing to like a little bit more. Raising the floor. Because if you raise the floor, then you can go out for those guys that really raise the ceiling and not have to be super concerned on if you miss. Like, oh, we're we're looking directly at this guy, this right tackle and at the pick 64, and, well, he goes to pick 34. And you miss on that. You, you don't have that floor raise. Well, now you do. So I like the pickup. He's got some issues with the speed around the corner, which is one of my more concerning yeah. aspects yeah. with him coming to the AFC West with some of the pass rushers that we have. Um. But he, he's fine. I mean, it's no different than Tom Compton. Tom Compton has the same issues with speed around the corner. I think that Billy Turner is much better suited at guard. Um, so I like it. I like the pickup of Quan Williams because Denver really needed somebody to man that nickel position. Um, that was, the, in my opinion, that was the most glaring issue that this team had. And while I still think that they should add another corner or two and another safety, um I, I like the, the move that they made there. I like what they're doing at edge. I don't really, not the biggest fan of what they're doing with Baron Browning, but we'll see how that works out. So it's a lot that I like, not much that I love, but Hey, that's okay. Cause it's going to be time. will tell like, there's a lot with this team. I mean, I, I love that pickup of Russell Wilson, but outside of that, and then also figuring out what they're doing with the draft. And I love what, how they've set them up, set themselves up for the draft. I was just about to go into that. And thank you for bringing that point up. Um, one of the biggest things, and John Elway tried to do this every single year, and George Payton seems to be doing it in a in a different way, um, where, as Eric kind of mentioned just a second ago, uh, you're you're raising the floor of the team. Like you're right, like you're bringing in a lot of these lower level of the roster guys, guys that can compete to bolster the floor of this roster, and then leave you the opportunity to go and. You know, I mean, obviously, Randy Gregory is not a floor roster guy. Like that's a guy that's going to be a starter. You had to make a move there at the edge position, but they brought in. Um, uh, is it RJ JR uh, JR Reed um, is the the son of um, I forget his name um, is a former wide receiver uh, for, former wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings back in the nineties. Uh, anyways, the safety position, a special teams guy, um, Alex Singleton, another guy that plays a lot of special teams at the linebacker position to help bolster that depth just a little bit there. Um, Tom Compton, obviously bringing in Billy Turner, um, Calvin Anderson back on the one year deal. You know, let those guys com compete at the right tackle position. Uh, the, the biggest takeaway, though, for me for that is they're shoring up all of these needs with players that are at least quality, like guys that have the ability to go out there and contribute to a role in some ways and still have the opportunity to go and improve that roster spot. They're not going into the season like with John Elway, for example, signing a guy like Menelik Watson as the guy that is going to be the, the guy at right tackle or like a Donald Stevenson. We've got two guys in, in Compton and Turner, and now obviously with with Calvin Anderson that can compete at the right tackle position, and they they all have the ability to start and play at a relatively decent level. 
Would you like to see some more improvement there? Absolutely. But you're not locked into the draft in, in terms of trying to go and target a guy like a, a Braxton Jones or Bernard Raymond or a, a Abraham Lucas, a, a guy that you might have potentially trade up in the second round because like that's the need on this roster. There's not necessarily a huge need on the roster. You can kind of sit, play it patient, and if you see a guy falling that you can target at one of those positions of need, like the edge depth position, a cornerback, right tackle, maybe in a, a safety if you if you got like a guy like a Daxton Hill or a Jaquan Brisker that might be slipping into the 40s. Like there's an opportunity there for the Broncos to kind of remain patient and have uh, bide their time and then let the draft come to them again. And that's something I really like with this Billy Turner signing because an another thing that is questionable to me is the uh, interior offensive line depth. And Billy Turner can actually play four positions on the on the offensive line. He can line up on the right side. He can line up on the left side at both guard and tackle. So you've got some better depth there. Um, unfortunately for Natani Moody, that might be the ticket for him out of this roster. And I want to address another part of that um, here in just a little bit as far as drafting another interior offensive lineman, because I do think that that's another need for this team. Like they're just overall solid signings, but they're not anything to like make big splash plays. And they're not something that's yeah. going to knock you out of the park. Yeah. I want to grab this real quick right now, Joey, we do not have anything scheduled. Um, but as soon as we know, we will definitely pass it along. And it's something that I got to get together, which I had to figure out and see if we're going to go with the same structure we did last year. We're going to go with the structure we've been doing. We were doing before that. Um, so we still got stuff to hammer out. Still have a little bit of time, but it's something that I got to get together, which I had to figure out. And then Travis Weber. Good evening, Lance, Eric, and Scott. Unfortunately, we don't have Scott with us tonight. He has a family thing going on, so um, he isn't here for tonight. So if we miss things on Facebook and everything like that, we apologize. Um, Scott typically does an excellent job of pulling that up for us. And yeah. unfortunately, with us on the stream, we can't actually see it. So we miss that. We apologize, and we thank for everybody who has starred or will star. Um, we will try to catch it, and we'll try to guess the best we can if you guys start or not um but we appreciate your guys' support yeah he says my prayers and condolences to you and your friend's family thank you eric congratulations thank you um as to wilson and the question on the decline watching video footage of him working out with cushionberry and the receivers who looks great and if he's on the decline it's better than what we had let russ cook let's ride um i definitely agree and that's something that we were going to talk about a little bit later on about this decline of russell wilson um because looking at it i mean when he watches tape I know a lot of people point to the last half of last year after he came back from hurting his finger as to, oh, he's declining. Well, I mean, even after he came back from that, the final nine games of the season, five of them, he still posted over 100 um, over hundred on his passer rating. There was one game at 99.4. He was 15-2 and two in those six games at, with his touchdown to interception ratio. Before he got hurt, he was, again, in the MVP consideration there. 10-1 yep. to one touchdown to interception ratio. And I think the most telling fact here is that only once during his time with Seattle did the Seattle were the Seattle Seahawks ranked in the top half in total passing attempts. Only once, and they were at 16th that year. And a lot of people think of, oh, he wants to cook, is that, oh, he wants to be the focal point of the offense. I don't think that is. I mean, they had like a 90% running rate during his career on first down. Like 90% of the time they ran on first down. I think he just wants more balance. I think he wants the offense wants to be have a little bit more trust in him, you know, like on first down to use that as like, okay, yeah, we're going to pass here and let you pick up some yards. So that opens up the door for what we can do on second and third down going forward. I think he wanted a little bit of, more of that. I don't think it was, oh, he wants a heavy passing offense. 
just more balance between the two, yeah. a little bit more balance between their um, run and passing situations in game and down and distance and everything like that. I don't think he's declining. The question is how long before he declines and with his play style, it might be sooner than later. Just not really sure at the moment. Um, but before we get into really get into that, we have our first part of our conversation. Still some people here. Um, Michael Ronquillo saying good evening, Lance and Eric of the Devalley Devers. Go Broncos. Thank you, Miles, um, Michael, for constantly joining us. Um, Jeff Noy says Wilson has at least five years left. I could see that. I, yeah. I think realistically before he hits, like not necessarily hits the cliff, but hits that point, I think four or five, maybe six years at least. Um, well, he, he already has said in his, in his, uh, introductory press conference, he wants to play 10 to 12 years. Now, is that realistic? I mean, you're talking, he's 33 now, 10 years, 12 years, you're talking Tom Brady and that guy's wild. Uh, He retired for less than the, the baseball was locked out in their collective bargaining agreement negotiations. And he came back and decided he wanted to play some more and potentially play another year from the sound of it. Uh, like it, are we going to see something like that again? A, A Brett Favre or a Tom Brady with Russell Wilson? Probably not. Because uh, quite honestly, as as good as Russell Wilson is, there is a, a lot of tread on the tires because he does like to move around a lot. He doesn't take a lot of unnecessary hits, though, so you could see him um, maybe extend that career just a little bit, especially if he becomes a little bit more of a, a refined pocket passer, which not that there's a lot more refinement, but just more reliant on the being a pocket passer and rather than taking off with his legs, which that could extend his career for another three or four years after you start to hit that age gap. But that at the same time, like five, six, seven years, if you're getting that with Russell Wilson with what the Broncos gave up, you maximized or op- at least opened up a Super Bowl window with, with him in the quarterback position and you can't hate it. And then Especially with what we went too, through the last couple of years. Sorry, go ahead. Real quick, too, I want to say hey to Stephen Baumgartner for joining us and also give out a yes. big congratulations again. Congratulations, man. Um, I, I've been married. I'm about to hit my fourth year anniversary. Yep. Absolutely love it. Wouldn't change anything. Lance here is about to get married. So congratulations on your engagement. Man. Yeah. Yep. Congratulations to Steven who tagged all of us at Mile High Huddle on Twitter uh, last night. Uh, actually, it was early this morning. Um it, saying that he was uh, he got engaged last night. So congratulations to Steve and congratulations to your beautiful fiance. Um, and hopefully you stick around for some more fun times here at the Dub Valley Deep Divers podcast. Want to give some more shout outs here. Uh, Jay Kozad, Mike S., um, Kathy Lund joining in again. Um, Stu McPeak back in the hizzy. Uh, what's up, Zeus? It's been a minute since you've been hanging out here on DVDD. It's good to see your face back in there. Uh, Paul as well. We got Luke Wright, John Juno over on Facebook. Um, we had a question on Twitch. If I can find that, I'll grab that here in a second. Um, Chase Wellner, Roy Osborne as well. What's up, everybody? Here it is. Um, this is from Tim over on Twitch. I think Peyton is done bringing in talent for right tackle after Billy Turner. Um, I wouldn't be so sure about that. I mean, there's still a possibility that the Broncos could fall in love with a with a guy in the draft. I know they like Bernard Raymond a lot, so that's that's something to keep your eyes on there if he starts to slip. Um, definitely a possibility for uh, for Peyton to bring in another body at the right tackle position yeah. and just kind of help fill out this roster. Yeah, I think that. I mean, they're bringing in Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. My scouting report on him is up at milehighhuddle.com if you guys want yep. to go check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, to get a little bit more insight into what he is and all my full thoughts. But, I mean, I think if he's there at 64, I think he's a good option for them to look at a developmental tackle option. I think that's kind of what they're looking for. 
I think the addition of Billy Turner with Tom Compton and Calvin Anderson, those guys competing, I think they'll be willing to throw a rookie into it. But I wouldn't be surprised if they they don't have to go get that rookie right tackle. Right. They can wait a little bit. They can see how the board falls. Maybe Matt Willett's go in the fourth or fifth round. Maybe Kellen Deesh out of Arizona State is an option there. Um, Obena Ease out of TCU with yep. freaking ridiculous length. Maybe he's mm-hmm. an option later as a developmental mm-hmm. option. They open them, themselves up to, okay, we don't have to go get a right tackle. We can see how the board falls. If one we like falls to us at 64 or falls within range where we don't have to give up a lot to go get them, all right, we'll do that. And, I mean, it's the same thing at edge. It's the same thing at corner. And that's one of the things that I like about it. But I think they'll add another tackle. Um, I think wouldn't be surprised if they add another interior offensive lineman as well. Yep. It's just having these, um, having the options. And then Travis Weber came in going back to the conversation about Russell Wilson, plus having a running back like Javante. He hasn't had that good of a running back since Skittles. Um, don't disagree. And I think that Denver would be smart to add yet another piece, another weapon for that, not just to help Russell Wilson, but to help out uh, Pookie, help him out with the, running the ball, giving him a little bit of a break, helping complement that skill set. Um, and they set themselves up in a good, good position to just go and do that. They didn't spend big on a running back. I think they're still monitoring the running back market, seeing what happens. I think they're still watching Melvin Gordon. Though expectations there are still saying, who was the one running back that just got like $6 million on average per year basis? Uh, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. I think that Melvin Gordon from what's been going around is looking for at least that. I think that's a little bit rich, but it's something that they're still monitoring. Yeah. Um, speaking of running backs, Joey comes in says, realistically, is it plausible picking a running back at 64? Is there anyone there that would entice you? Um, so I don't necessarily think that picking a running back at 64 is in the cards for this team. It really does depend on how the rest of free agency plays out. If they can get another edge player, like a, like a Jadeveon Clowney would be somebody that I'd be like all aboard bringing in. Uh, Marcus Golden as well would be another name that I would like. Guys that are a little bit better in the running game that can stand up at the edge, but also slide inside, play some five technique. Um, I, I think that that's a really good way to go. That's a big need for this team. Uh, potentially another safety if they get Kareem Jackson back, which probably not very likely um the uh dang it the the cornerback we were just talking about before we, we before we went live the the kid from baltimore um that would be another guy that i would like to uh to bring in as well um but running back at 64 after you traded up for javante williams I could see it if the right guy fell there and that right guy's Brees Hall because he's the best pass protector in this class, a very good receiver out of the backfield. He has home run speed as well. Um, that's a really good pair with Javante Williams. I just don't see him making it outside of the top 45 picks. Like this kid's a special player. Uh, Kenneth Walker maybe as well, but at 64, like the guys that are going to be available are not worth it there. I'd still wait to get into like the fourth round, maybe fifth round as well um, to go to get that, that backup running back for Javante Williams. And also don't sleep on Mike Boone, who I went back and watched again, uh, the big game that he had at Minnesota a couple years ago. I like him. I really do like him. He's twitchy. He's got some long speed to him. Uh, very physical, violent runner. Like there's a, there's an opportunity here for Mike Boone to be the guy. So even round four or five, if you don't really fall in love with the guy, get a, a, a late round guy, sixth, seventh round undrafted free agent, somebody that's not going to come in and steal a whole lot of snaps and just kind of fill out the depth of that 64 though. That's a little rich for me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's difficult. Cause I mean, 64 is a guy that you're kind of looking for to be at the bell cow back. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm not looking there depending on who's there in the third round. I don't mind looking. Cause that's that point of like, okay, yeah, we can use you as a compliment. 
Yeah. And we we can find you snaps. I think the two guys that I think could potentially be there, Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame, who his scouting report just went up today. So you guys can go check that out. And James Cook out of Georgia. That's my scouting guy. report is also up that you guys can go check out yep. at mileihell.com. Um, both of them are those complimentary guys, good receivers out of the backfield. Kyron Williams is a little bit smaller. He's got some fumble issues and some vision issues. So he's not the quite the same as good of a fit as James Cook is because the scheme really, the running scheme really relies on the vision. Um, but he can line up as a slot. He can go make a, um, uh, be a threat out of the backfield. And despite being small, he's plenty of tough to mix it up as a, um, as a pass blocker. And real quick, I just want to say hi to Gio, who's back in the house. Gio, it's been Gio, a while. What's up, dude? you back in here. Yes, absolutely. What's up, Gio? Uh, so going back to pick number 64, Mike jumping in here and dropping a question saying, who is the most realistic pick at 64? Is it a tight end or a right tackle or other? Um, obviously, being this far out and the just the changes that occurs in the information for, I mean, we're over right at a month out away from the draft. It's hard to guess that. There's still a lot more that needs to fall. But at this time, um, tight end... Unless it's Trey McBride or Isaiah Likely, I'm not sure that that's going to be the option there. You're you're probably looking at the three key areas of need on this team. Um, probably right tackle, cornerback, um, or potentially an edge player. And this is actually a quality draft to get an edge player or a, or a tackle at 64. I mean, you've got uh, – I don't think Bernard Raymond's an option at 64, but uh, if he falls, then for sure – um trey smith there abraham lucas is there um braxton jones potentially if you if a team really falls in love with him but i'm thinking probably later day uh later uh, round three maybe early day three for him um as far as the edge is concerned you've got cameron thomas um there's uh nick medito probably not at 64 but a, a handful of guys at the edge position and then cornerback roger mccreary is the guy that seems to be falling here lately because of length concerns we were talking about him in our uh in our group chat with nick kendall the other day um, like there's, there's a lot of different options here, but those would be the three positions that I would look at. The issue with tight end is not just positional value, but value to the offense with Russell Wilson at the helm. Yes. Um, tight ends aren't a major importance with him. Um, I don't think Trey McBride will be there. I don't think Isaiah likely will be there. I think they're both end up being top 50 picks, honestly. And if they are, I, I'm not, I'm not looking to go that way. Uh, just because of the positional value and the value right. within the offense. Yep. Um, right tackle, edge, corner, those are the three most valuable positions at that point. And yep. the other aspect with this, with the tight end discussion, is this is a really strong class for tight ends. Yeah. I'm fine waiting. I'm fine waiting to till day three because you're still getting a guy who can come in and can, and can, and can contribute. Um, Jeremy Ruckert is an option. Um, yeah. Maybe Kate Otten falls a little bit. Jake Ferguson is another option to keep an eye on. Those uh, are guys that are falling a little bit that you guys can keep in that you can potentially have an impact out of it. Right. Um, Ron Quello says, just want Broncos country. No, I was dealing with death threat this week. Oof, never good. I've been there. Yeah. Um, doing well right now. Change your cell phone number today. Hey, that's great. Always do what you can to protect yourself. Glad you're safe. And I hope you stay safe, Michael. Yeah. Um, yeah, we need your support, man. You're one of the best supporters for the Huddle Up Podcast Network just in, in general. So please make sure that you are safe. There was something that you had mentioned just a couple of seconds ago before you gra grab this next comment, because I've been debating on this. I was trying to get Ryan Roberts to come on the show um, on Wednesday, and unfortunately he had a, a family issue. He wasn't able to make it. So we're still trying to reschedule that. So guys, 
please be aware Ryan Roberts is still available and is still going to be able to come on Dove Valley Deep Divers with me. Um, anyways, I was listening to his podcast the other day, and he was talking about Cole Strange, the uh, interior offensive lineman guard specifically from uh, Chattanooga. And the more that I was listening to him and the more that I went back and watched the Kentucky game that he had this last year and dude's dominant. Like he was so good. It's, it's amazing. These small school guys that are starting to surface, um, especially at the senior bowl where he dominated as well. But Cole Strange is a guy that I am very intrigued by for this Broncos team, even after getting a guy like Billy Turner that can play on the inside, because as a future player, Cole Strange projects as a potential starter at the guard position because he's got great length. He moves very well. His his testing at the combine was great. Um, the tape is there, and he's got some versatility. He can play at the center position where he played at the at the Senior Bowl. But looking to the future, you've got Graham Glasgow in the last year of his deal. Dalton Reiser's going in the last year of his deal. Um, there's a need for a future interior offensive lineman prospect. And even with Quinn Miners, like you're going to need to have another guard because Natani Moody just doesn't fit this scheme. He's probably going to be on his way out this season. So Cole Strange, Eric, I want your thoughts on him and his potential fit in this offense because I really like this kid a lot. I, I like him. I like him quite a bit. Um at first, when I first watched him, I thought that maybe center is his future. Um, then he went to the Senior Bowl, and he just handled himself exceptionally there. Um, went back, yeah. was able to actually find more tape on him because Chattanooga is not always the easiest to find. Um, and, yeah, I think he can live at guard. Um, yep. He's an interior offensive lineman, center or guard, depending on it. I think he's got the IQ to move inside. And, honestly, like – him and Quinn Miners could be an excellent, could be a great duo at the guard position. Yes, they can. Um, they both move well for their size. They're both have plenty of strength. They're good athletes as well. So I like, I wouldn't mind it. It's just a matter of where. Um, not sure I would go there in the third round. I think Quinn Miners was definitely a better prospect than Cole yes. Strange. Yep. Um, but I'm, I think Denver's sitting with pick one, four, 115 and 116. One of those picks, I wouldn't mind it. I was um, just about to say 116 is the is, – like 115, 116 is the premium area. that Like if Cole Strange is there, I would be all about that. Rob Wagman came in and says, Callahan or Jackson coming back? Um, Denver's still linked with Callahan, even though they brought Quan Williams. Um, I don't know if the cost will match up there, so that's something to keep an eye on. And then Kareem Jackson, they seem to be monitoring monitoring that market. Safeties always tend to take a little bit extra time before it re really gets going. Typically, like, really historically, it's about the first week of April that the safeties really start going. Um, something to keep an eye on. Um, then we had um, – there's another comment here that I want to grab. Black Knight. We're looking at getting on the show here in the in the next couple weeks. It says, I have a bold prediction. I think the Broncos are going to trade up into the first. What pick? He doesn't know. What do you think? I we, we kind of addressed this last week, but uh, it, it is a, it is a bold take, hot take. Uh, I guess not really hot take. And it, it would depend on the cost because I don't think that Denver has enough draft capital in the next first two dra uh, first two rounds, so this year or next year, to be able to make that move. Um, even with two third round picks and then two fourth round picks, you're you're probably not going to see that happen. Um, that's a that's too much draft capital to give up to get into the back end of the first round. Now, I will say with a caveat here. Um, there's there's one player that I would be willing to do that with in this particular draft class, just because I think that you are elevating the floor enough at the right tackle position, but you're also getting a guy that has put, like 
pro bowl potential, maybe even all pro potential. And that's Trevor Penning. If Trevor Penning does fall to the tail end of the first round, that would be a guy that I'd be willing to package some picks from this year and maybe even next year to move up and go get. The problem is though, like you're, you're talking 64, 75, a, a second next year that you don't have, or, or a third. So <laughs> you're talking like 60, 64, 75, uh, 115 plus a third next year to be able to get to like 32. Like th- there's yeah, a long it's... ways to go. It's, it's hard to get into the first round from where the Broncos are at. Yeah. I mean, you just, you typically don't see go from 64 to 32. Um, it'd be interesting. I think there's a couple players that I don't know if they'll look into the first, but I think they could look into the second. And but here's the here's another thing with that, with potentially moving up, is instead of picks, using Players. a player, yeah, and a very specific player, um, that's been plenty of rumors going around even now about him potentially being traded. And I know that many in Broncos country, many in the chat aren't going to like it. Um, Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy's name has been floating around on the rumor market there for quite a while now. Um, they, they want to see certain things. There's a big question as to how he actually fits with Russell Wilson, who doesn't historically work the middle of the field. And the best route from Jerry Judy is those is that those in routes, the daggers, things like that. Mm-hmm. So there's a concern there. Not saying he gets traded, just saying that there's a little bit of rumors there. And maybe that's a time that we could actually see him get moved. Yeah. Um, uh, as for moving up for, besides Trevor Penning, Boya Mafia is one that I wouldn't mind. Yeah, that's that's another good one. That's another good one. I we we kind of had a, a discussion about that the other night in our group chat, and I, I want to go back to the comment that I put into there. And you may think that this is ridiculous, Eric. So please, if if I'm in the wrong here, um, come back at me, which you always will, and I know you will. But with Boye Mafe, the the usage that they had at Minnesota um, is it was so different because they did line him up on the edge. They used him to drop back into coverage, use him off the ball a little bit. Um, it's just hard for me to try to find a role in this defense right now for him because with Randy Gregory, who did a lot of that in Dallas um, and can play potentially on the inside a little bit, you've also got Bradley Chubb who can slide down on the inside. So that might be the role there is to play Chubb at like a five technique and then Mafe at a nine um, to, to bring them, bring that together there. But with Baron Browning as well as a, as a guy that they're potentially going to be moving around, where does he slot in? on this defense. It's such a very weird discussion. And maybe if you're, you're thinking of potentially moving on from Bradley Chubb and making him that full-time edge position, then I, I can see that as a futures move. But I just, I don't know where you put him on this defense. And I love Boye Mafe. Don't get me wrong. That's one of my favorite players in this class. I have a solid first round grade. He's my 19th overall prospect right now. Like, I, I think that there's definitely a role for him. I just don't know in this year at this particular time if that's something that I'd be willing to do because I don't know how he fits in for this season particularly. I mean, it's not hard. I mean, he's your number three edge rusher. I mean, you can right. slide him or Chubb down as your five tech. Right. Um, like, it's not hard. It's not hard to get him to fit into it. Um, he's got good versatility for it. I don't like the way that Minnesota used him all the time. Me neither. Um but yeah, I mean, that's what he is. He's your number three edge rusher. He gives you this, in a way, a hybrid defensive line edge guy, not typically what you want. Because, I mean, he's not this 280 pounds that you typically want for that, 270 or so. But, I mean, that's what he can do. I mean, he's got enough strength to hold up there. I wish that he was a little bit stronger at the point of attack against the run. Yeah. But, hey, you just got DJ Jones to help with that. And you yeah. have Bradley Chubb behind him. Like So that's, that's where you fit him in at. 
uh, is using I, him in that hybrid-ish role, which there's plenty of snaps snaps there for it when you're going to be playing, I would have, I'm assuming here, over 80% of your snaps in nickel and dime packages. Right. Maybe closer I, to 90. Like, it's very easy to slide Moffat into this defense. So the one thing that I would push back on that a little bit is that if you're using a premium pick, like right now where this roster is, is built, and yes, they do need to upgrade that edge that edge position, the third edge rusher for sure. I don't disagree with that. It's just if you're going to use a premium pick on a player that's going to be a, a third guy, like go back to Jerry Judy here. You've, you've got two big contracts to Cortland Sutton you got uh, and uh, Tim Patrick. Jerry Judy used the – Also the have Bradley overall. Chubb on the final year of his deal. That's a very good point, and I, I – like. So the thing that the thing with this is that it's not you're you're looking at it as just a third rusher, but really the best way to look at it, he's like two B. And that's not number three. He's two B with Bradley Chubb as two A because you can rotate them down. I mean, in that role, you can still see him get seventy percent of the defensive snaps, which hey, that's a huge outcome for it. Yeah. And where else are you going to get more out? Like realistically, Trevor Penning maybe because maybe he ends up your starting at right tackle. But if you're looking at a corner, you're not looking at much more than that. No, like, not really. Outside of that for sure starting right tackle, you're not getting it. So go ahead and upgrade and address a future need because right. that's just one of those positions that you want to address before it's actually a need. Uh, yeah. And even with Baron Browning in there, his role, it's not going to com- it's not going to complicate things with Boye Mafe because what Baron Browning's doing is completely different because he's going to be the edge off ball hybrid type. Um, best way to think about it is kind of Micah Parsons. Parsons is is going to be lining up off ball, then sliding down to edge, which, hey, that's just another element that you have when you add somebody like Boye Mafe. Now, to move on from this, I don't think Denver ends up moving up into the first round. I think at most, if they they include Jerry Judy, it'll be a high second. Um, But we'll see what happens there again. I'm not really sure that they trade Jerry Judy. Um, I think they kind of want to see it maybe after this year. Kind of the thought that I've heard on this is that just capitalizing while his value is still pretty high before he has a chance to completely, completely like wreck it potentially. Um, but I mean, there's this issue of he can drastically help his stock or help his value as well. Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to grab this comment really fast. Cause Jeff, and I'm not, I'm not trying to blow you up here, Jeff. I, 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 I appreciate this comment because I, I really did want to see Noah Fant stay in, in Denver. And Jeff comes in and says, watch Noah Fant light it up in Seattle. I would agree with you on that if Drew Locke wasn't the quarterback there. And yes, I've got. I, we need to start like the the Paxton Lynch smear campaign that Mark Schlereth did. Like this should be the Drew Locke smear campaign where we have to throw at least one dig at him. No, I love Noah Fant. That was the one piece that I really didn't want to see go. I really wanted to see Noah Fant stick in this offense and have a quality quarterback. Not that Russell Wilson throws to the tight end very often, but I do think that there was a way for him to tear it up. I don't think it's going to happen because the quarterback play in the Pacific Northwest is just not good enough to do it. If he didn't do it with Drew Locke before in an offense that was friendly enough for Drew Locke, what do you think is going to happen when they go to an offense that wants to run the football a lot and doesn't target the tight end because they run, 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 play action, deep shot, and it's all always to Tyler Locke and DK Metcalf. Jeff, I love the comment, and I really do agree with you that if Noah Fant has quality quarterback play, he's going to light it up. It's just not going to be in Seattle, man. I'm sorry for that. I mean, when they get Baker Mayfield, like there you go, out of there. Um, not that's more joke than anything. Um, Noah Fant can because he's got that athleticism to it. I hope his mind's in the right spot for it. Yeah, the biggest issue with Denver is that he just wasn't the blocking tight end that they really want. 
And Albert, um, Albert Oakway Benam at least developed a little bit there. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's just. So I've got um, our. Go ahead. Go, go pull it. You're good. You're good. Um, I wanted to grab this from Travis Weber here. I think it's yeah. kind of a bad idea to move Browning from his natural position. But understand why they want to with the kind of defense our new DC runs. Um, this was an issue I had with Baron Browning coming out was that he really didn't have the natural position. Yeah. Um, that was I mean, my Ohio, first they, they moved him. They moved him to edge and off ball consistently. And um, Vic Fangio, I know that he's an issue and everything like that. But he wasn't wrong when he was talking about Baron Browning, and they said the fact that he played at multiple positions in college didn't help him transition to the NFL. It was an issue that they were fit, trying to figure out, and then he got hurt. So he doesn't really have a natural position, and it's kind of a thing. And in a way, it's a good thing. In a way, it's a bad thing. Um, you got to figure out where he works best at. I do agree, though, that I'm not I'm not for moving him away from off-ball linebacker. I thought he showed enough growth and development as each game went by to keep him there yes um i also have an issue of moving him to get alex singleton on the field who's not good on defense um so i i agree with with the premise of what you're saying it's just that he just doesn't really have a, a natural position is all so but it does make sense it's yes. with, the new, with the defense and i think it, it does make sense that's the one thing, and now I want to go back to Boye Mafe here, is because Boye Mafe at, at Minnesota doesn't necessarily have a natural position because they used him in a lot of different roles. Now, it was more edge than off-ball, whereas uh, Baron Browning at Ohio State was off-ball more than edge, so you got to kind of find that that niche role for that. But that, that's my concern, and, and Eric, you did a good job of explaining that to me, and I, and I, I definitely agree with you. The more you think about it, it's like, yeah, okay, I, I, I can see where, where the fit is. At first, I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure where you, what you do with him in this defense. If you're going to keep, you know, Bradley Chubb, and hopefully he turns into the edge rusher that you want. You got Randy Gregory on the, the, the big deal. Mafe just didn't make sense, but you did a good job explaining that. So I, I do want to give you props on that. So, uh, but to move on here, uh, there's another question here. I wanted, from, I just, oh, go ahead. I just wanted to grab this from Kathy saying, I hope Fant does well in Seattle. I hope Fant does too, and I hope Locke yeah. does well. Like, yeah. it's this thing of like, I don't. I know it comes off of it, but people need to understand that I don't root for people to fail. I'm just, I'm paid to give my analysis and my thoughts. Yeah. And that's a difference. And I can't set, and I have to separate my personal feelings about it because honestly, if I had my way, every single player who enters the NFL would succeed because I want nothing but success for people. Um, but it's just not realistic. So. Yeah. You, there's, there's a point in being critical in your analysis and being a fan. And this is a pinned tweet that's been on my Twitter account for like two years now. And it, it went back to the beginning of, uh, of the, or actually it was like halfway through the, the uh, last season because I was highly critical of Drew Locke. Everybody knows that. If you watch the show, you know I'm not necessarily a big Drew Locke fan. However, I, I wanted him to succeed. I, I just, I, that's my job. This is what we do here. We give you the deep dive analysis and give us, give you guys as our opinion. Like that's what we do here. And my opinion, if I'm, if I'm going to be candid with you and give you my opinions, whether it's right or it's wrong, it's my opinion. And that's what I'm going to state. Now I, I do hope that Noah Fant does amazingly well in Seattle. I hope Drew Locke does amazingly well. And he becomes a great starting quarterback because I thought he was a great starting quarterback when I draft when I when they drafted him in the second round back in 2019. I was there, I met him. I, it was it was like a starstruck moment for me to meet Drew Locke. It just it never panned out on the field, in my opinion. So sorry about that. Travis and jumping Travis, in here. You're welcome. I mean, um yeah, and I I kind of got that. I just wanted to address it because I 
I've seen a lot of people talk about natural position with Baron Browning, and it's just not that it's inaccurate. It's just not the the most um, what's the right word here. Um, it can it can be a little bit misleading with it yeah. um, with saying natural position with Baron Browning, and it's it was it's similar to another linebacker in this year's class that hey I have a scouting report on you guys go check it out at milehighhuddle.com. Brandon Smith out of Penn State. Um, watching Brandon Smith, he's very similar to Baron Browning, and he's that guy of like I don't know if he's really an edge, I don't know if he's really an off ball, like he's not really a tweener, but at the same time he is, and that's kind of just Baron Browning. Um, Jay Cosette says, not knowing how Hamler's knee is going to hold up, we need Judy for speed. Um, all all comments and everything coming out of is that he's going to be ready before the season. Like, they're yeah. expecting to start practicing pretty early into training camp and um, may not go in preseason, but he should be ready to go full go by regular season. Sounds like that the some of the wording from last year with the injuries led people to believe that it was worse than it was. Yeah. Um, that's just out of that well uh, we had we had graham cohen and uh, dr graham cohen an orthopedic surgeon right after kj hamler got injured and he was like you know uh there was there was speculation coming out that he not only tore his acl but his lcl as well and it's like you know the lcl you're not really focused on as far as like the major concern the acl would be it but if he didn't tear anything and it was a clean tear on the acl i mean you can see him come back six to eight months so he could definitely be ready by the middle of the summer and be full go for training camp now be cautious with that but um there is there is a lot of positivity coming out right now because even at the the throwing session kj hamler was at the throwing session with russell wilson earlier this week um there's a lot of bad talk about judy not being there which whatever stop it's an off-season throwing session it's not like it's a mandatory thing um but kj hamler was there he caught passes from russell wilson he wasn't running but they, he did throw a pass and kj actually jumped up and caught a ball which is a good sign he's at this point in his process what four months out five months something like that from it's it was our uh, beginning uh, end of september early end october september. somewhere around the, yeah end of september um so let's see five Almost months out right yeah but okay uh I'm right at yeah so i mean he could potentially be ready to go but to see him jump up and catch a football and then land on that bad knee with his first step like that's a that's a good sign now i'm not too concerned about kj now judy on the other hand i I'm not sure what I think of Jerry Judy right now. I, well, I love Jerry Judy. Don't get me wrong. Um, but at the same time, the, the drop issues, I, I think there's attitude concerns there as well. Like it just, it just doesn't seem there's, to be, it's, it's not the, it's, it's not the throwing session deal. It's the, the constantly clapping back on Twitter that is it, it's starting to get annoying because he wants to, everyone's talking trash on him and stuff like that. And then he comes back and he claps back. Just keep your mouth shut and go to work. He, he, it's not just that he claps back. It's how he clapped back. Exactly, yeah. calling fans irrelevant, and that's just yep. not the way you go. And I would not be shocked at all if the Broncos um, PR team reached out to him and be like, hey, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wanted to – there's a couple comments here I wanted to grab, and this one yeah. is since I just yes. mentioned it. Um, Roy asked, I may sound like a dummy, but what is a tweener? Hey, you don't sound like a dummy. There's no stupid questions unless you're asking why Lance looks the way he is because we just don't know. Um, a tweener <laughs> nice. is a player that doesn't really fit at a position. They're kind of – it's typically related to size, but I think it goes beyond that. Um, and you typically hear it with defensive ends and edges. Um, I think a good example of that this year is Cameron Thomas out of San Diego State. Yeah. 
Yeah. He doesn't exactly have the traits or that you're or the explosion or burst that you're looking for to be a full-time edge player, you know, stand up seven technique edge rusher, Bradley Chubb type mold. Um, but at the same time, he doesn't have the size or the strength to really hold up as a five tech, four eye tech in a three, four front. Um so it kind of puts you, even though that the it's kind of dying a little bit, it kind of limits him to me to basically being a base four three defensive end that's working as a six technique out of a three point stance. Um, another version of tweeners is guys who aren't really safeties because they have the issues in coverage, but they're not quite big enough to hold up as a linebacker. So you kind yep. of at the 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 way that it's kind of going now is you're just calling them hybrids. Um, basically all hybrids are tweeners really, um, small difference there, but that's the, that's the simplest way. And then I wanted to give a shout out to Peter saying, Hey everyone. And I just want to say, Peter, you're late, man. That's not acceptable. Dude, we we need your help. Scott's not here, man. Scott is not here (laughs) to help us point out the stars and that's your job, Peter. Gosh, dang it. I want to go back to tweener really fast before I grab this super chat from Shane. Um, (laughs) I got a great a great tweener for you because he plays, it looks like Tarzan plays like Jane uh, Kingsley and bear is one. Um, and then another oh, one God. is a DeMarvin De Leal. DeMarvin Leal is really a tweener because he doesn't have the strength to play the um, inside. It has some bursts and stuff like that to, to play on the edge, but where would you play him? Because he doesn't have the twitch, doesn't have the bend. He doesn't have anything else you look for as an elite edge defender. He doesn't have the strength to play as uh, an elite edge defender or to play inside, but he has the size to do at least play on the edge. Like it's, it's a weird one. That's that's a tweener in between players uh, is the the way you, you, uh, in in between position. Yeah, in between position, yes. I, um, Terry so, with a two dollars out of Canada's, not California land, since I know you used to make that mistake. <laughs> yeah. Should we really care who we get? We have a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it's always about how you build the roster around the quarterback. And quarterback can do a lot, but you still need help around it. And Denver's in a pretty good position, so you still got to care for it. Uh, Mike Ronquillo says George Payton has my respect for running the Denver Broncos organization as the GM. Go Broncos! Yeah, I mean, I have nothing but respect for George Payton and what yep. he's done. I'm not gonna lie, there's some things that I question for him which again is something I get paid to do. Um, it's literally my job is I can't sit there and just, you know, rah, rah, everything. And I mean, there are always going to be questionable moves. Every GM, every coach, every player makes questionable decisions, questionable, questionable moves, things like that. Um, Peter Johnson, any chance Judy gets um, traded during the draft by Peyton for a higher pick? Um, possible. And that's something that we were just talking about a yep. little bit ago. I don't know if you were with us, Peter, when we were, but it's definitely something, and there's stuff to it. Um, the Judy rumors again. I'm not sure they really trade him. I think they may want to see what he does this year. But there's there's questions about his fit with Russell Wilson and um, the offense. Kathy Lonson said she had to Google what a swing tackle was the other day. There was actually a term that Daniel Jeremiah used with on his podcast with Bucket Brooks that I had never heard before, and it actually caught me off guard because it just makes total sense. And now I can't remember what the word was. When I first saw your first saw your comment, I knew what it was, but by the time I got to it, I just completely forgot. All right, I gotta grab this one from Shane really fast because he threw this question in and then came back with a super chat to make sure that we got to it. Uh, and thank you, Jane, Shane, for uh, for joining us and thank you for your donation. We really appreciate you, man. Keep coming back. This is a new name for me, so um, we appreciate you, Shane. Uh, hey, gents, have been doing the mock draft simulators, and I often have Sam Howell or Carson Strong available at sixty four. Would we dare take a quarterback if someone drops? 
I don't think so. Not at 64. Um, Russell Wilson, like we just got done talking about a, a couple minutes ago, five, six, seven, maybe eight years is is like the, the timeline for Russell Wilson in this in this town, in the city as the potential as a starting quarterback for this for this Broncos team. I don't think a quarterback at 64 is in the cards. Um, even if you're only looking at Russell Wilson for four years, like that, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, now, if you want a, a developmental quarterback, a guy that can go and be a, a, a potential backup, a guy like Caleb Ellaby, who I know the Broncos are high on, um, Bailey Zappier, the uh, EJ, uh, the, the kid from Brown, Eric, EJ Perry. EJ Perry. Yep. EJ Perry. Like that's a guy uh, late, uh, late day three that you could potentially come in as a developmental quarterback. 64 though, I would really like, I, that would be a move that would catch a lot of negative flack from me. That would be John LA drafting Brock Osweiler after signing Peyton Manning. Yes. I did not like that move. Yes. I get it. Don't get me wrong. I get why he did it with the concerns about Peyton Manning's neck. I get it. But this would actually be worse if they took a quarterback at 64 because Peyton Manning, they at least signed for with not giving up any picks. This they had to trade picks. They had to yep. trade players for. And then you yep. take, yeah, it would not sit well with me. Um, I'm assuming we're going to be doing the live drafts and I probably punch my computer screen. Like it, it would, it's not, I, it's not a move that I, I doubt Peyton makes it and it's not a move he should make. No, um, I, I, says, I'm with you on that. Go ahead. Sparky says, I think it's good Judy does that. Everyone these days expects to speak on things they know nothing about and expect no response. I don't disagree. Right. My issue is that you can't go on Twitter and call fans irrelevant. Like, that that's the issue. There's a line with how you do it. Shelby Harris was great at pushing back. Um, there was another player. Chris Harris does a good job of pushing back. Mm-hmm. Justin Simmons, um, they do a good job of pushing back about what people are saying and everything. Jerry Judy called fans irrelevant, and that's the issue. Yeah, uh, there's it's not something you can do. You're you're alienating um, fans as soon as you do that. Yeah, there's a fine line between talking trash and and actually being insulting. And I I find that line sometimes on social media myself, and I apologize. Oh, for I that. cross that line all the time. Yeah, but like there's there's straight up like I'm a, bit, I, a bit of a hypocrite to talk about it, but well, but but you're also. Eric Trickle at Mile High Huddle, not Jerry Judy making millions of dollars and have, you know, a hundred million people following you or whatever. I wish I was making millions of dollars to do this because I would I would never have to go to work again. But like there, there's a difference between being an asshole on in part of my language for, for being a jerk on social media uh, as a, a guy like us or being a jerk on social media as a guy with it with a public stature. Um, and, and that's uh, Kathy jumping in here. She says, but when you start calling names, we quit buying your jersey. And that's that's the that's the big thing. When when I start calling names and every now and again, I. I, I actually asked the guy, are you really this dense or is this a new thing for you? And uh, yeah, like that's, that's a little bit insulting. And I apologized to him and it was, yeah, I think he actually unfollowed me. So it, I don't remember who it was, but uh, yeah, like even, even something like that can, um, can lead to negative feedback for you yeah. on your social media. And as, as far as a guy that has a public following, like a Jerry Judy, that's a big character flaw. It's a character concern, like that, for sure. Eric, I know is one like one of the biggest character concerns that Eric can find, especially when when scouting players is searching like searching their name on Twitter. Like, if you find fighting, a, 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 a fights on Twitter, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, um, with what he's with going off of what Lance says is like, um, and this is something that I struggle with, and I made a tweet about it. Is that at some point you just have to know to just let it go, walk away. And don't engage. Um, you're a potential star receiver in the NFL. Like, 
I understand that the crap is bothering you, especially with it seeming like he was having a, a kid. Don't know for sure. He just tweeted out uh, an emoji about it. And that seems to be the connection. Plenty of people are hinting at it. Don't know for sure, but whatever the reason, I'm sure he has a good one. And, but it's just like, you got to hit that point of like, okay, like I'm going to step away. Like yeah. I'm not going to keep engaging. Yeah. Um, Joey says, what would Judy, what would Judy be with in a draft trade value? Um, from the rumors that are going around, I think they're asking for like a late, late first round pick value, um, which means that not a first round pick, but just enough of a value that equals about a first round pick, a late first round pick. Yeah. That seems to be what it is. Um, like he's still got like, a lot of value around it. I know that there's plenty of teams that are interested. Um, I mean, they, it's a position that I know that they've Denver's been called about. Um, so it's kind, it's kind of. Uh, it's interesting, and it's. I think that's one of the reasons why. And then, real quick, I wanted to grab this from Travis saying, "Call me crazy, but wouldn't mind drafting the punter out of San Diego." Neither would I. I mean, that dude's got a ridiculous leg, and I think that it opens up the ability you can work with him as a kicker too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Matt I mean, he, he, somebody at, in Denver, he could be a weapon. So, the issue is with Russell Wilson. Hopefully, you're not punting as much. So it's kind of is it really valuable? Like, so that's that's. I, no, 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 I, I, I have, I have to gas you up on this because you downplayed that as much as you possibly could. This dude over here to my left hand side, I swear to God, once a week in our group chat, in all caps, Matareza needs to be drafted by the Broncos. Like seriously, th- this dude loves Matareza. Eric, don't deny it. Don't deny it because I can start pulling the, I can pull receipts if I have to and expose the hell out of this. Matt, Eric Trickle is a massive Matareza fan, and he said, like, he's always about like you don't draft specialists, you don't draft guys spe- specifically for special teams. Da, 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 da. Seriously, Matareza is the guy for Eric Trickle, and I will I will expose you fully if I have to. Please don't make um, me do speak, that. Speaking of exposing Biggie, kind of said this. There's a difference. Eric knows he's a jerk. Sometimes your duty just needs to go to training. Yep. Um. Oh yeah, I know I'm a jerk, and I know I'm not for everybody. Yeah, um, I'm very rough and gruff with my personality. Um, and that's there's other issues that play into that, and I don't need to go into that. Um, but yeah, I, I know it, and it's things like everybody around me knows it, and it's stuff that I've been trying to work on. Because trust me, guys, like four or five years ago, I was like a hundred times worse. Like this is me toned down, and I'm still trying to tone it down. Like I know it, I know I have issues with it, so. Eric and I got into it a couple of different times. This is before I was at Mile High Huddle, just going back and forth. And yeah, there were times I, I've followed him forever. I, I sang all the praises. There were times where Eric and I went back and forth with each other. Shit, there's times now that we go back and forth with each other, um, even in, in our group chat. It's like, dude, stop. Just, it's just like you're actually getting to cross lines. Now, that's part of the reason why I love working with Eric is because we're not for everyone. Like, I'm, I know I'm not for everyone. I, I know that they're there. I'm going to say my opinion. I have a loud voice. I like the way it sounds. Okay. Like I'm going to hear myself speak and Eric is the same way. And it, if we get uh, across some lines every now and again, so be it. We've, we've done it enough on DVDD. And if you don't you guys don't like it, well, sorry, we're, we're going to continue to be the guy. Um, uh, Peter Milton. I saw that you said that you and Travis shared stars. Thank you guys both for it. Hopefully these are the yeah, right Thanks ones. guys. Um, he says there's certainly better wide receivers on the Broncos at the moment, but hope he'll play much better this season. Yeah. I mean, if Denver ends up keeping Judy, I hope he improves. I think that 
obviously there's obvious issues that he had with the Broncos the last couple of years, drops, then last year injuries, and then, you know, 5,672 of those fakes that he ran because Pat Shermer doesn't, couldn't figure out how to use them, right? Like, there's plenty of issues there, and I think that's some one reason why his value to other teams is still kind of high, too, of that they can recognize the bad situation. But there are issues with Jerry Judy's side, and one of my biggest issue isn't just his fit with the passing offense because daggers and in routes are one of his best and Russell Wilson doesn't really care for those, the middle of the field that much. Um, he doesn't block. He doesn't give any effort as a blocking and more and more blocking from wide receivers has become a do it or you're not me. You're not for me kind of thing. And it's really reflecting in my um, draft analysis and everything like that and grades yeah. and stuff. And that's not jury Judy. It was an issue I had with him coming out of college too. Just smacked my mic. Um, yeah, it's hopefully he plays better if he's there. Hopefully he gets that desire and that effort down. Um, but I think that's part of the reason why he's being shopped a little bit is that they can see it too. Like he doesn't give effort for it. And the Packers, Nathaniel Hackett, like they value blocking from the receiver position. And then Travis Weber, great show tonight, guys. Thought about making the drive to Vegas during the draft festivities, but saving my vacation, I have to go to my nephew's graduation in Idaho. Is already enlisted in the Marines. Hey, thank you to your nephew. Yes. Appreciate that. Um, he's going to be going to boot camp after graduation. Hey, that's great. Um, that's, I mean, it's family's more important. Like, I know my high huddle is that we're just a big giant family from all over the world, but blood family is more important for it. And um, I mean, not being able to make it to the draft, I'm not going to be able to make it this year. Um, Lance isn't going to be able to make it. I'm not sure about Chad and Zach, but it doesn't sound like most of us are going to be able to make it. Um, hopefully next, next year, time though. we ever do a mile ahead, we'll meet and greet. Hopefully we'll be able to meet you there, though, because your support has just consistently been awesome. Yeah. Next year, though, I just saw the tweet drop the other day, Kansas City. Um, we could go rep some Broncos country in Kansas City for the draft, and I would not be—I would not mind that. I wanted to go to Vegas this year, but I get married a month later, and I—I uh, I already talked to my wife about that. No one that. cares about that. Yeah, she—she she just seems to think otherwise, and uh, unfortunately, she doesn't think that spending, you know, as much money as it's going to take to get to Las Vegas and then spend three days there and then get back <laughs> is actually worth it a month before we get married. So. Uh, I, I kind of had to pull out of this year's you draft. Just, you but just got to explain to her the priorities. The, the priorities have always been clear. Like, it, so it's actually quite, <laughs> quite funny, guys. A quick story here. Uh, so uh, Samantha and I first met two weeks before Eric and I started this podcast. And when I when I told her that I was, you know, started a podcast and what I did, I worked for Mile High Huddle and everything. Um, she's like, oh, that that sounds great. Now she hates Fridays because I'm gone for an hour. Like, <laughs> like seriously, she's like, I hate Fridays. I come home from work and you're gone for an hour because you have to do your stupid damn podcast. I'm like, hey, it's not stupid, all right? It's not stupid. This is this is what I love to do. And you knew what you were getting into when you first decided, decided that you were going to date me. And then after I proposed and said, you said, yes, you're going to marry me. You knew that this was an everyday occurrence, damn it. Uh, I got a couple of things I want to grab here really fast. Um, I- uh, Peter says, these are my stars to you uh, from earlier. Michael Ronquillo jumping in saying, great show tonight from Lance and Eric. I'm the Dub Valley Deep Divers. Let's ride. Go Broncos. Um, Peter actually had a good question here. Um, and I, I want to grab this really fast. With all the people signing free agency, what are the positions of need now? Um, he says safety, tight end, uh, interdefensive lineman, cornerback, offensive lineman, or right tackle. Um, 
Still right tackle to me, uh, interior defensive line is a big concern as well. They need some more depth there. Um, you've got the slot cornerback. Uh, well, I guess not slot cornerback, but slot defensive back. I will say if you can find a safety that can drop down into the nickel, maybe a guy like Jojo Doman in the, in the fourth round. That's a guy that I'm kind of uh, intrigued by. Um, interior defensive lineman for sure. Uh, and then interior offensive lineman, I talked about Cole Strange a little bit. So, Peter, I know you came in late. Go back and check out the rest of the show where we kind of expanded on some of that as well. And then our pal jumped in twice now, and he says something along the lines of, if we trade Jerry Judy to Green Bay for uh, one of the first-round picks, uh, for uh, for a one of the first-round picks, should we turn around and get Christian Watson to fill his spot and also a punt returner too? Now, Eric, this is something I kind of have an issue with just because of the build of Christian Watson, but I want your expertise on him because I haven't gotten into the tape of him. Um, is Christian Watson a fit if they get rid of Jerry Judy, or are they looking at KJ Hamler there instead? Oh, I mean, it's tough because Christian Watson's built and his skill set's better on the outside mm-hmm. um, as a boundary receiver where they have Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton already. Um, I'd be looking at somebody a little bit different to bring a more complimentary piece that can work on the outside. But at the same time, Watson is so fast and he's quite talented as a player. There's a reason he's being talked about as a late first round pick now. Really? Uh, I had not seen that yet. I think Daniel Jeremiah was the last, was just mentioned that everything. Okay. Which Trayvon Walker getting love at the, for the first overall pick pick is pretty awesome too. Um, Pardon the word slip up there. Uh, (laughs) So it's tough. Um, I think I kind of like someone like Jalen Tolbert a little bit later, a little bit more. Calvin Austin, Velas Jones Jr. Yep, yep. Like those, those are the kinds of guys I'd be looking a little bit. But I love Christian Watson. I've, I I really liked his game going back to last year. Um, I wanted so to get I, this. I, 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 I do. Oh. I, Roy, we'll, we'll come back to this. I do want one more name in the in the wide receiver conversation here. Um, the, uh, the, the kid from uh, – Western Michigan, Sky Moore. If the Broncos trade Jerry Judy, Sky Moore is the dude. Like, go and get him at 64. Like, if he's there at 64, you might need to trade up to go get him. Like, Sky Moore is the guy in this class. I'm like, like, I'm like half tempted to go through, go find my Elijah Moore scattering report from last year and basically copy paste it for Sky Moore because those guys, there's some differences, but they're pretty well identical. They, they really are. Uh, and they I really loved are. Elijah Moore last year. Before mm-hmm. we get out of here, though, I got to point this out. Roy Osborne says your whip plants. Well, he is. Yeah. Doesn't that come yeah. with marriage? Isn't that synonymous with it? Yeah. And then this Which is actually good. Which is, he gotten married before the draft and then just honeymooned in, in Vegas. That is actually the better idea. And I actually proposed that to Samantha. I really did. Um, so we, we chose our date. It's a terrible date, by the way. We, we messed up because we weren't paying attention to what the holidays were. Uh, we get married May 28th, by the way, which is Saturday of Memorial Day weekend because we're terrible people. And we actually did that by accident. So uh, I, I did propose to Samantha. I was like, you know, we could do our honeymoon early. We could go to Vegas at the end of April. And she's like, why? What, like, uh, uh, this sounds like fun. I'd be willing to go. I was like, yeah. And while we're there, I could go work for at the NFL draft. And she's like, absolutely mother believing not we're not you doing that, hey but. you always can just honeymoon in alaska hey i know there's some an idea there's an idea oh dip netting starts in june too mm-hmm. oh man we need to think about that one i'm i'm okay with that i'm okay with that all right let's run through this can one I more time get you down to homer for some uh i mean malcolm's not in here but i can get you down to homer you know hippie town yeah um in alaska and possibly go out halibut fishing there we go there we go. That's another one. That's another one. Uh, and then Tim, quick, jump, 
Oh, sorry, I wanted to grab this one real quick because Black Knight posted it earlier. It says, what's the talk of town on Chubb? Does the team like him or are they going to try and flip him for picks? They like him. They want to see what he can do with the full offseason. They like his attitude. They like his work ethic. They like his drive. Um, they're excited for him. They love the fact that this is his first real full offseason um, without dealing with medical stuff. So they have, they have a lot of hope for him. And from what I understand was keeping the system similar Chubb actually played a factor in the desire from Peyton for wanting that is keeping the defenses yeah. similar. It was a lot more than that, but it was just a small factor of it. Well, and they have the opportunity. Let's see. They already have the fifth year option on him. So he's going to be around for next year. Um, and they, they want to see what happens with a good bill of health. Like he's, he's been injured a lot here lately. He had the, the torn ACL in his, uh, in his second season last year, he missed the, the majority of the year with, uh, um, with bone spurs. Yep, he had seriousness on both ankle uh, ser- seriousness uh, surgeries on both ankles. I read a, um, a, a a comment here. Anyways, surgeries on both ankles to remove bone spurs. So they they like Bradley Chubb. They just want to see what's going to happen when he's healthy because that rookie season he was amazing. Uh, like it it, it it took him a minute to get going, but he had twelve sacks in essentially fourteen games, and damn near broke the the rookie sack record. So if they can get that that high end of the um the high in production that Chubb had his rookie season in going into year five, like there's, there's a possibility here that Chubb could get extended sooner rather than later. Like even mid season, they could extend him um, and, and see if they can't keep him around for the long haul. So, but with that guys, we are, we got like three minutes here before we have to be out of here with the hard out for the uh, Facebook page. So I'm going to take it over from here and thank you all for joining us on Dub Valley Deep Divers podcast guys. Follow us on Twitter by finding me at Sanderson MHH and for Eric at Eric Trickle. Also, guys, again, at Mile High Huddle, where you guys can find breaking news and analysis on your Denver Broncos, including all of our Finding Broncos pieces. We've got Eric's got over 100 scouting reports, and I only have five right now. I just haven't had time to get any more, but those will be coming live here soon in the next couple of days, um, and I will get up to 50 done by the by the draft, so hopefully I can get some more of those done this weekend. But anyways, at Mile High Huddle, all of your breaking news and analysis, all of your Broncos uh, um, film breakdowns, opinion articles, draft content, all that at Mile High Huddle. Um, folks, if you're financially able to do so, head on over to huddleuppod.com. That's the merch tent, guys. As a concert junkie, it's the merch tent. Uh, so that's where you get yourself a hat, you get yourself a t-shirt, you get yourself uh, a coffee cup, a face mask, a hoodie. There's something for the guys, something for the gals, uh, something for every show, uh, all shows across the Huddle Up Podcast Network. That's where you guys are going to get it. Um, if you guys aren't financially able to do so, uh, subscribe, please. Wherever you guys are watching this, it's on YouTube or on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, uh, on podcast form at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker. It doesn't matter. If you guys are uh, listening to any of the Huddle Up pod, uh, podcast content, subscribe to Mile High Huddle. If you guys like it, click the like button. That's easy. It's a great way to help the show. But if you love it, if you truly love it, get it in front of as many Broncos fans as possible by clicking the share button. That's a great way to support the show because without your guys' support, we couldn't do what we do best, which is cover your Denver Broncos. Now, with that, Eric, quickly, any last words? I mean, we gotta we gotta get out here. There's a, I mean, it all Friday nights always goes by so fast. Always enjoy talking yeah. about it. Um, hopefully, before too long, we have a morning show for some of the, you guys that yeah. are overseas and everything. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, thank you guys for uh, the wonderful chat and i mean a lot of great questions for it some great questions we weren't able to get to unfortunately um but uh yeah it's a great time of year and we're just just over a month until the draft and i'm getting more and more excited me too you can't tell 
Yeah, me, me too. I'm, I'm super pumped. Eric's getting more gray hair as we speak. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it, it's, it's great to be able to do this stuff. Guys, if we didn't get your comment, if you guys had stars on Facebook, if we didn't get to that, we apologize deeply. We'll make sure that we, we find out who that was. I'll go back and double check everything. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll make sure that we thank you guys properly next week. But with that, guys, we have to say thank you and goodbye. You all stay safe and take care. Have a great rest of your weekend. For Eric Trickle, I am Lance Sanderson. You guys, we will see you guys same time, same place next week. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.